0: I kind of want to set the stage for this series. I've got three questions. The answer is yes to all of them. Will you guys help me out with this? The answer is yes. Yeah. There you go. All right. If you're a young child and you're on the beach getting your feet wet, are you in the ocean? Yes. Wow. You guys got it, all right? If you're an adult swimming out to snorkel, are you in the ocean? Yes. All right. If you're in a submarine miles deep, are you in the ocean? Yes. Yeah. Crushed it, three for three, good job guys. All right, hey, regardless of the depth, you are still in the ocean. The ocean is vast, I don't know if you realize this, but uh, we, and when I say we, I mean like the entire human race, collectively, we have only been to or seen about 5% of the ocean. In other words, uh, there is 95% of the ocean that we have yet to experience. The ocean's beautiful. You can sit on the beach and enjoy the waves rolling in. Right? You're like not even really in the water, you're just kind of admiring it. Uh, you can be out in the water and see like, animals, see dolphins come up, you can see things happening come to the top of the water, you can enjoy that. You can go watch videos, or I wouldn't recommend doing this, of like the Titanic, you can see the deeps, you can see all these cool things, see fascinating creatures. You can enjoy the ocean from the shore, but here's the deal, there is so much more to experience. It's, it's vast, it's huge, it's powerful, and yet it's safe enough for the child to enjoy on the shore. It's deep, it's powerful, it's also beautiful and peaceful. What I wanna challenge all of us to do is I wanna call you into the deep with Jesus because no matter where your faith is at, hear me on this, there is more of him to be experienced. That's the truth we're gonna look at of the series, there is always more of Jesus to be experienced. Always. Uh, You may just be a couple of toes into the water with your faith. Or you maybe feel like you're out diving in the deep. Wherever you're at, there is more for you to experience with Jesus. He has more for you. And here's the part I find so compelling about Jesus is that uh, the things that he says and he calls us to, they're so simple and yet they're so profound. All right, so uh, you can apply what we're gonna look at today about Jesus and it it applies just as much to the pre-K student as it does to the senior adult and everywhere in between. So in this series, we're gonna look at some of those simple principles that Jesus shows us, honestly principles that we've all experienced at some level, like maybe that walking on the beach level, just barely, but friends, it's time to go deeper. And I promise you that if you do that, you will have greater joy in him. I'm gonna read this verse. It's Isaiah 40, uh, 28. Okay, that part in yellow, you're gonna read that out loud with me, all right? Have you never heard, have you never understood, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weary or weak, no one can measure the yes. of his understanding. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. This series is not an attempt at us fully understanding God. We'll never get there. We'll never get there. It is an attempt at us to explore him at a new depth, to encounter God in a new way because there's always more of him to be found. We're talking about some simple subjects. Today's subject is grace, now, that might sound simple. That might sound maybe even a little bit shallow. Like, you, like I've heard of grace. How is this the deep if I'm already aware of it? Because most Christians, they do stay in the shallow end of grace. You never swim out into the deep of God's grace. So this morning, we're going to go a little deeper into grace. I want to set the stage. Uh, what is grace? We've got to start there. Grace is getting something you did not deserve. And to be clear, grace is getting something good that you did not deserve, Right? We've all probably got what we did not deserve at one time, but it was not a good thing. Grace is getting a good thing that you did not deserve. When grace is present, that means someone is giving grace and someone is receiving grace. And so we need to look at grace from both ways because some of you guys might struggle with one particular side. You love extending grace, but it's really hard for you to receive it. Or maybe uh, it's really hard for you to extend it, but you'll take it all day long, right? You'll receive that. So let's talk about receiving grace. Uh, Just on the human level, I think this is an issue for a lot of us. Um, Let me give you an example. Here's how how bad we are at grace. Like, somebody does something gracious gracious, uh, to you. You say, thank you, right? Uh, Because they've done this thing for you, now you feel like you now owe them one, right? And what happens is, is they they do this nice thing for you and then you're looking for ways to get even with them. Uh, It reminds me of Andy in the office when he says, do not test my politeness, right? Like he's gonna get it right back. And what happens is instead of getting blessed by this this act of grace, we feel an obligation to extend it back. Perfect example, you pull up to the drive-thru window, window, you're at Starbucks, you're at wherever, you open up the window and they say, the person in front paid for you. Now, they don't end it there. What do they say? You are the 58th person to have paid it forward, right? Who's feeling pressure to say, I guess I'll be 59? (laughs) Right, right. Most people would. I would. Say, all right, I'm not gonna end it. I'm paying it forward, 59. And it's done out of a sense of peer pressure. That person who started that did that to be a blessing to someone. And what's happened is because someone can't take that blessing, they feel the burden to pass it on, what started out as a blessing ended up being a burden because most humans, we are not all that great at receiving grace. We don't like to receive something uh, for nothing. We like to feel like we've earned it or we've paid it back. And that's just on a human level, like just the people we interact with. Let's talk about receiving grace on a supernatural level. The things that God has done for you, he has given you literal life. He's given you food, clothing, shelter. He has given you Everything. Uh, every good gift comes from above. It tells us that in James. Uh, he gave us his son. And, and through Jesus, he gave you uh, salvation, eternal life. He gave you power over sin. He gave you a new identity. Through Jesus, we have everything. And it's all grace. We didn't deserve that gift. And just like we may struggle to receive grace from other people, many of us struggle to receive God's grace. Now, I don't mean to say we struggle to accept His gift of salvation. Like, we'll be like, yes, Jesus saved me, but we struggle with accepting that it's free. That it cost us nothing. There's no way we could earn it back. And so, there, what happens is, there's, a lot of times, there's these Jesus followers. They've accepted Jesus, the gift of salvation, and then they serve not out of a love for God but out of a sense of uh, redemption, a sense of earning, like a like feeling like we're paying off a debt that we owe. And, and Francis, I just want you to hear me on this. The debt that Jesus paid for us on the cross, we could never pay back. Your salvation is all grace. Uh, it says this in Ephesians 2, 8. God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. I like how it's there because uh, whenever something good's happened to anybody, you know what we try to do? We try to be like, well, you know, I really did. You know, we try to posture ourselves so it's like we did this, we get some credit for it. He saved you by his grace, and you can't take credit for this. It's all a gift from God. The grace we receive received from God is sufficient for everything we need. And there's no fine print saying you have to pay this off. It's truly free. So if it's truly free, we receive salvation. And then, and then what? It's like, yes, his grace works for this future day, right? We get to be in heaven. We get to be in a place with no, no tears, no death, no pain. Like that's what his grace does. That's what salvation offers you. But what about Today, Like not only does God's grace save us from sin, it sustains us for the battles we have in this life. Uh, 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says this. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. My grace is all you need. His power works best in weakness. There's one part of this verse I want to I focus on. Uh, where does God's power work best? It says, in weakness. His grace is all we need, and it works best in weakness. hmm I want you to think about the grace of God that saves you. Like, let's just take salvation for a moment. It says, God saves you the moment you believe. We read that in Ephesians 2, 8. The moment you admit that you are a sinner in need of a savior, the moment you confess Jesus as the Lord, that's the moment, by God's grace, you were saved. You were saved by admitting your faults, by admitting that you need a savior. Uh, that's how grace works in salvation, right? We come to God in humility, admitting our brokenness, that's how he saves us. And I think we get that when it comes to salvation, but we approach our everyday lives with a different attitude. Uh, in our everyday lives, we don't come to God in our weakness asking for him to show up. We come to God in our strength and then expecting him to show up. But in this passage, it says his power is made perfect in weakness. Hmm. Who likes to show step forward with their weak foot, right? Like, no, nobody wants to do that. But that's what humility is. God loves humility. That's what saved us, right? When we admit that we don't have enough, when we admit that we're broken, we admit that we need a savior. Uh, James 4, 6 says this, and he gives grace generously. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. When you approach God with humility, he gives you his grace generously. To receive the grace that God has for you in your everyday life, you must have a humble heart. Have a humble heart. To be willing to say, this is my weakness. This is where I'm struggling. This is what sucks right now. God, I need you to move in this not to act like you have it all together. You gotta be real. And here's a part of this that's amazing. Uh, even when we become proud, God doesn't take away our salvation. It's been signed, sealed, delivered. Even in our pride, the mistakes we make, we looked at this in a few series ago, God ultimately uses for our good, right? He, he takes the bad things and he makes good come from them. See, his grace is that powerful. Even when things aren't going well, it can't be overstated how powerful his grace is. He can make something good come from it. His grace is greater than any sin we can throw at it. We are all recipients of God's grace. We've received it. But how? All right, how do we extend it to others? How, How do we do that? If he's done such amazing things to us, he's given us grace to save us, he's given us grace to sustain us, how are we going to move forward? How can we share that with others? And before I go any further, I want to reiterate, grace is opposed to earning. You can't earn grace. If you could, it wouldn't be grace. It's opposed to earning, but it's not opposed to effort. So if we are recipients of God's grace, how are we to extend that grace to others how are we going to be there for them I want you to to think about this, it's not about earning, it's about effort Uh, my children uh, they are my children no matter what they do they don't earn the status of being my children that's who they are, Uh, it can't be taken away from them My hope, right, is they would grow up and they would live like my children, right? They would make mom and dad proud, uh, not to pay us back, but because they love us. They can't earn being our children. That's who they are. They're ours. It can't be taken from them. Doesn't matter what they do, they're ours. They can't earn it. To use the drive-through example again, is there anything wrong paying for the order behind you? No, <laughs> there's not, all right? Not one thing wrong for paying for the car behind you. Great as opposed to earning, not to effort. I think there are many people who wouldn't have that on their radar until you got your so-and-so in line to do it. You don't need to wait for the chain to start for you to be generous. Once not you start it? Then you don't have to worry about somebody else like saying, oh man, they made the decision for me, I gotta do it. If you are reacting to your situation and you feel like you need to earn some standing here, all right, that, that's not grace. It's not. And I think a lot of times we feel like we're being gracious when really we're just reacting to somebody else's uh, graciousness they've extended to us. What if, instead of trying to earn grace, we put effort into extending grace to the people around us? Because you need to do that for others. To give them things they do not deserve and that they cannot pay back. Proverbs 11.25 says, the generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. This passage isn't uh, just talking about money. It's talking about a principle. You will harvest uh, whatever you plant. If you sow grace to others, you're going to experience more grace. That's why in Matthew 7, it talks about the measure you judge others with is the measure you yourself will be judged. When you are uh, generous with grace to those around you, you're gonna find yourself with a greater measure of grace in return. That's how it works. Because of the grace you've received in Jesus Christ, remember, he gave us everything. You need to extend grace to those Around you, And here's, here's the cool part with this principle. The more you extend, the more you're gonna receive. Principle of sowing and reaping. That's how it works. You need to extend grace to the people around you to do things for them that they cannot do and they could never repay you for. Talked about receiving grace. You need to be humble to receive that. We need to extend grace to others because of what Christ has done for us. I want to talk about uh, living in grace. Living in the grace uh, God has given you. I'm not talking about just receiving grace transactionally or uh, sharing that with others. I'm talking about living in the grace we have in God. And this has to do with our identity. It has to do with our identity. It says this in Romans three twenty four. It says, yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our sins. Romans 5.21 says this. (laughs) Maybe. So just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful grace rules, giving us right standing with God. And resulting in eternal life through Christ Jesus. Our oh, Lord says this in Romans 6 14, Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you will live under the freedom of grace. God, in His grace, has freed us from the penalty of sin, He has given us right standing with God. We all live in freedom, and it's all because of His grace. You'll never fully comprehend that kind of grace that gives us freedom from the penalty of sin. Sin no longer has a claim on your life. Jesus took the punishment for your sin. Because of God's grace, you have right standing with him. Jesus gave you that standing. We did not earn it. Because of God's grace, you have you get to live in freedom. You are no longer a slave. Jesus purchased that with his life. Ah. Psalm 103.12 says this, and I, I just reminded of this because it's something you can't really even comprehend. He has removed our sin as far as the east is from the west. You can't measure how far away the east is from the west. You know that, right? Like you can measure north, south. We've got north, south poles. But the east and the west, it just kind of goes around. It's like there's no, there's no measure. Same with his grace. You can't comprehend how deep his grace is. You can't. It's greater than you'll ever know. It's greater than your sin. It's greater than than anything. My question for you is, what would it look like for you to swim out into God's grace? To quit playing it safe on the shore where you can see what's coming, you know all the things around you, and you were to wade out into the depths of God's grace, to to dive into the depths of his grace. It doesn't matter how deep you dive, you'll never find the bottom. His grace is greater. So I wanna ask a question again to you. What would it look like for you to dive deeper into God's grace? Uh, for, For some of you, Uh, that means you need to offer forgiveness to someone who has wronged you. Like, like, no doubt about it, they did evil or sinful things uh, against you. And I'm by no means saying put yourself in a situation for them to do that again. But maybe to swim out into God's grace is to say, I'm gonna forgive them because God has forgiven me. Now for others here to swim into God's grace is to walk in freedom, to no longer let shame be your identity. You, you intellectually know God's grace gives you forgiveness, but you still carry the burden of your shame. God's grace is completely free and it offers freedom from sin because it no longer defines us. Sin no longer defines you. You are his and nothing can change that. Nothing. Maybe you're here and you need to experience the depths of God's grace. By taking that first step into the water. The greatest step anyone could take to put your faith in Jesus, to say, I'm a sinner. I've made mistakes, but Jesus has paid the price for my mistakes. He offers me salvation. I don't know where you're at. Do you need to take that first step? Do you need to offer forgiveness? Do you need to extend grace to others? Do know this. Wherever you're at, wherever you're at, there is more of him to be found. You'll never reach the bottom of his grace. Never. Let's pray.